Well, good morning, everyone. Morning. morning. Excellent. I hope you're all doing well this morning. Before we get into it, I just want to start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can all be here today, that we can worship your name, we can hear your word, bless the words that I am going to speak today, allow them to be able to spread your good news to everyone here and at home today. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said, Amen. Come on, I've got to get into it. <laughs> all right, so as I like to do with all my sermons, I like to pose a question to everyone first to start to get your brains thinking and putting yourself into gear of what we're going to be sort of looking at today. So the first question is, when was the last time you gave up something? When was the last time you purposely stopped doing something? What was it? What was that thing that you stopped doing? For example, did you give up, stop, did you give up eating a certain type of food? Or maybe you stopped using social media or technology for a period of time. Now, whilst you're thinking about that thing that you stopped doing, ask yourself this question, why did you do it? Why did you give up that thing? What was the reason, the purpose behind it? Now, to keep bombarding you with questions, I've got one final one. And whilst you're thinking about that first two, that I gave you, I want you to think about this. When was the last time you stopped and intentionally made time for God? When was the last time you made time for God and just stopped and listened? This is our fourth and final week in our sermon series, Cultural Disconnects. And in week one, Simon talked about the disconnected communion. Kerry then brought us, Christianity is Jewish, and last week, Simon talked about the disconnected church. I find this sermon series and this sermon topic so fascinating because I believe that we take a lot of what is in the Bible for granted and that at times we can just take the surface level look at what is in the Bible and not really comprehend or go deeper into, into it and see that greater meaning and significance that it can offer us. So this week, we are looking at fasting. And you may be asking yourself, well, why are we looking at fasting? Luke 2.37 says this, And then a widow, until she was 84, she never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. She was fasting and praying. Now, what is fasting? The word fast, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, is to eat no food for a period of time. The word fasting is the verb of fast. According to Oxford languages, fast is defined as abstaining from all or some types of food, especially as a religious observance. Our English word for fast originates from the Germanic language. Now, it's quite interesting, while sort of doing research about, about fasting and for my sermon here today, you can actually look up how popular a word is over, over a period of time. And they do this by looking at how many times a word is mentioned in world literature. And it sort of dates all the way back to the 1500s. It's quite, in, it's quite interesting if you're interested, go, go look it up. 
In the 1600s, the word fasting peaked. It was at an all-time high in popularity. However, in the 1800s, it then dropped. It significantly dropped in popularity. And it's only in the 2000s that it has now come back around and has started to rise in popularity. So it's gone up, gone down, and now, as we're coming to the 2000s and uh, our, our year 2022, it is becoming steadily increasing. So this leads me to the reason why we are looking at fasting and why we are looking at in this sermon series. When I say the word fasting, do you think of the biblical religious version of it? Or do you think of the fitness health craze version of it? You see, more and more people are taking up fasting for the health and fitness benefits, and a lot more research has come out to support why this may be good for you. And I believe this is the reason why it's come back in popularity, looking at the sort of the trend and the, and the graph. I think we have lost the reason why, we've lost the biblical reason, and we are more focusing on the health, fitness benefit of it. Now, when I say the words prayer and fasting, together in the Bible they appear 509 times. Now, when you read these two words in, in, in the passages in the Bible and you read fasting and prayer, do you take both words into consider consideration? Do you cognitively recognize both of those words, taking in fasting and prayer? Do you take out the actions of both fasting and prayer? Or do you just let the word fasting wash over you and focus on the word prayer? You see, there is this disconnect because we've, I believe we've forgotten the biblical meaning of fasting and why it is done. In the Old Testament, fasting was often a way of expressing grief and mourning, confession and humbleness. Fasting was seen as a way of humbling oneself before the Lord. In Psalms 35:13, David humbled himself by fasting. Yet, when they were ill, I put on a sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. Now, I just want to stay in the Old Testament for a second here, and if you remember Kerry's sermon, Christianity stems out of the Jewish faith. The entire Old Testament is Jewish. However, we as Christians believe that the Messiah is Jesus and has already come, whereas Jews still are still waiting for the Messiah to come. In the book of Leviticus, found in the Old Testament, it is described that the Day of Atonement, and it describes the Day of Atonement and how, it was, how to observe the Feast of Yom Kippur. And hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. It's up on the screen for you. In some Bibles, they refer to this day as the fast. To briefly explain it, Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, was a yearly feast instructed by God to completely cover or pay the penalties for all the sins of the people of Israel. This was a solemn time with the 10 days leading up to the feast. The Jewish people would remorse for their sins through prayer and through fasting. Once a year, on the Day of Atonement, the Jewish high priests would offer a blood sacrifice to cover the sins of the Jewish people. They would sacrifice and slaughter a goat. However, when Jesus came and when Jesus died on the cross, he fulfilled the Day of Atonement. 
Hebrews chapter 8 through to 10 explains how Jesus Christ became our high priest and entered into heaven once and for all, not by the blood of a sacrificial animal, not by the blood of a goat, but by his own blood. Jesus himself was the atoning sacrifice for our sins. As believers, we accept the sacrifice of Jesus as the fulfillment of Yom Kippur and the full and final atonement of our sins. As believers of Christ, we no longer need to make a sacrifice. We no longer need to kill a goat. We no longer need to fast for 10 days. It is not mandatory for us to do this each year. However, as we see in the New Testament, we still should observe fasting from time to time in order to align ourselves with God. In the New Testament, fasting was a means to grow closer to God through meditating and focusing on him. In Matthew 4, 1-2, Jesus went into the wilderness to fast for 40 days. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And I would be hungry too. 40 days, 40 nights without food? You'd be hungry, right? You'd be hungry? Yeah, maybe even a bit hangry. And as well as that's funny, us, us sort of like joking around like that and making that comment, it's, we're missing the point. See, biblical fasting is not a means to make yourself hungry. It's not a means to torture yourself. It's an attitude thing. Our lives at the moment seem to be getting quicker and quicker. And with the age of digital technology, social media, and a cultural attitude to always be busy, especially in this country, we are always busy. We hardly take the time to just stop and sit with our thoughts. When was the last time you did nothing? You actively did nothing. And that's the whole point of biblical fasting. It's to ready ourselves, our bodies and our minds, to spend time with God. The act of fasting is abstaining for a period of time from any form of physical nourishment. I'll say it again. The act of fasting is abstaining for a period of time from any form of physical nourishment. Now, you might notice I'm saying physical nourishment, not just specifically food. Anything that gives us sort of nourishment that may be listening to music, that may be watching TV, watching something on your phone, using social media, eating, drinking, anything that's giving you sort of nourishment. Now, yes, in the Bible, fasting was specifically abstaining from food and from water for a period of time, but I believe you can fast on anything, especially because with food fasting, medically speaking, it might not be good for certain people with certain medical histories. Um, if you do want, all our bodies are different, and if you do want to participate in a food fast, maybe just do a bit of research, see if it's best for you, because everyone will react differently, so I just want you to be all safe. The idea is fast on anything that would distract you from God. Instead of consuming that thing, you are spending intentional time with God. So instead of in terms of a food fast, eating, let's say, a meal in the morning, fast for that period of time, and instead of sitting there being hungry, waiting for your next meal, spend that time with God. Instead of maybe using your social media at night or using technology, 
spend that time with God, or even, and this is something that I do, driving to work, turn off the radio, don't listen to anything, don't listen to music, don't listen to podcast, as boring as that may be, shut that off and spend that time with God. Now remember that question I asked you before. When was the last time you stopped and listened to God? I feel like a lot of the time we as Christians get so caught up in our busy lives that when we pray, it is usually out of a response to something. Like praying before eating a meal, or when we're stressed and thankful for something happening, or if we're guilty of something that we've done. At times I know I just pray for things that happen in my life. It's very sort of reactionary. I'm more meaning a reactionary prayer. Like if I'm needing to go to a, a sort of a big stressful meeting or an interview or even getting up on stage here, I'm praying that it all goes well and all the nerves go away. And then when it does go well, you're like, thank you, Lord. It's, it's very sort of reactionary. See, in the Bible, the people would fast and they would pray not only to ask God questions and demand him of things, but also just to spend time listening. Again, the whole idea behind biblical fasting is spending that time with God, praying, but just listening. Not making any demands, not bombarding him with anything, all these questions, all these requests, but just sitting there and listening. Acts 13.2 says this, And while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work of which I have called them. They were worshipping and fasting. They weren't asking, demanding. They were worshipping and fasting. And what happened? The Holy Spirit said to them. Now, as well as it is good to spend this sort of in, uh, listening time, it is also important not to boast about this intentional time that we're going to have with God. In Jesus on the Sermon of the Mount said this in Matthew 6, 16, 18, And when you fast, do not look sober as the, as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. See, Jesus is saying not to make a big deal out of fasting, that it should be done in such a way that no one should ever know. Because if you are boasting about it, showing off that you're doing this great thing, then you are not humble. You're not able to humble yourself. You're not being able to humble yourself in front of the Lord. We should fast and we should pray when we need reformation. We should fast and pray when we need guidance and when we need something to change in our lives. We should fast in both mourning and celebration, but ultimately we should fast and pray in service to God. Like I said before, fasting is an attitude switch. It's a behavioural change so that we can spend time just praying and listening to God. Fasting is letting go of the visible in order to get in touch with the invisible. 
I'll say that again, fasting is letting go of the visible in order to get in touch with the invisible. Acts 13.3 says this, So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Luke 2.37 says this, And then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying. Worshipping day and night, fasting and praying. So as I wrap up my sermon today, I want to leave you with a question. What is it that you need to fast and pray about? What is it that you need to fast and pray about? What is it that you are going to spend that intentional time with God? And after you spend that time just listening to God, listening, not asking these questions, not bombarding, but just listening, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to fast and pray about? And what are you going to do about it? Let me just end in prayer. And dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again that we can all be here today, both online and in person. I thank you that you can hear, we can hear your word and gain a deeper understanding from it. Lord, help us to stop and just listen to you. Give us the ears to hear, give us the understanding and guidance so that we can fulfill your will on this earth. For your will on this earth will be done, Lord, just as it has been done in heaven. Lord, allow us to fast and pray, bringing any sins and temptation to you, Lord. Lord, you are the power, you are the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen.